All right, so Ben, good morning. Today, we're going to cover a couple hot topics uh, in the real estate industry. I was telling you before we jumped on, you know, I'm getting a lot of messages about this Keller Williams cold call lawsuit that they settled for $40 million. And so with me today, I have Ben Riles, who's one of our leaders with inside of our reverse selling community. And so Ben, good morning to you. Good morning. How are we doing? Doing great. Doing great. I'm looking forward to going deep on this topic because yeah, you and I are just getting blown up from people. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? What do you think? And so we're going to unpack that. And then there's another story about uh, your buddy, Ryan Serhant that we'll get into here in just a second too. So uh, before we get into the show today, for anybody watching or listening to this on the podcast, uh, like always, if you guys are interested in, in a coaching relationship with us, and you want to build a multiple six-figure income, doing that as a listing agent where you can have nights and weekends off, just send Ben an email. It's probably the easiest way. And Ben can have a conversation with you, talk about how the program works, ask you some questions, and then together we can decide if, if working together makes any sense. So Ben, is the best place for them to reach you just ben at reverseselling.com? It's perfect. Awesome. So just send Ben an email. And then, uh, like I said, you guys can schedule some time to jump on a call and figure out if if now's the time or not. So with that, let's jump into it. So here's here's the recent article. Is so so KW. It looks like it's been settled uh, in a cold call class action lawsuit to pay forty million dollars, right? And so here's here's what the recent article said. It says Keller Williams has agreed to pay $40 million to settle a class action lawsuit, alleging that the major real estate franchise, their agents made unsolicited pre-recorded calls to consumers without their consent, including calls to people on the do not call list. The article goes on to say that such calls violate the TCPA, the Telephone Consumer Protection Act, which was signed in 1991. And then it goes on to say, Ben talks about that although a common practice, one of the common things that agents do is call expired listings to drum up new clients. Being on the receiving end of those calls is probably what has prompted a lot of these lawsuits. Now, the interesting thing that I found was the article also says that the settlement, which uh, it still has to get final approval, notes that about 2 million people will potentially be eligible to receive payments of $20. <laughs> 20 bucks. 20 bucks. And free lunch on us. Yeah, free lunch on us for the class action lawsuit, which was a far cry from the $500 per violation or $1,500 per willful and knowing violation of the TCPA. So what are your thoughts on this? Well, let's unpack this a little bit. My first question is, let's like define what pre-recorded means, what it means by... Um, you know, using robo callers, things like that, and how that, I mean, really is going to affect a real estate agent. Who's who's in fault, who's not, I guess, is, is the biggest questions I'm getting. Yeah, yeah. There's, because you're right, because when you go deeper into this, and just for little disclaimer, we are not attorneys. This is not legal advice. Uh, you know, we have just been in the industry for a long time and, and giving you our opinion on what we see and how we're interpreting the data. So the, the, the interesting thing is this, okay? Here's my take on this entire thing. So let me share my screen. Can you see my screen okay? 
Perfect. All right, so check this out. So in order to receive compensation, the person must have received two or more calls or text messages made on or behalf of Keller Williams Realty. So the key thing here is two or more. And when I looked into this, I said, okay, well, the issue with, I think, what a lot of these bigger companies are dealing with is the consumer feels as though it's like the same agent from the same office, from the same team. It's practically, that's not what's happening though. It's just because Keller Williams has so many agents calling the expired listing that Bob, the expired listing says, do you people not understand? All these people from Keller Williams, hey, this is Susie from Keller Williams. Hey, this is Brian from Keller Williams, which I think that's the basis of this class action lawsuit. Right. Because I both have called a ton of expireds. People we yeah. know call expireds. And and when you get somebody on the phone, they'll use the phrase, why do you keep calling me? Right? That's right. It could have been 10 other agents, not just you, obviously. Yeah. And I think that's the, the challenge, you know, and it's like... um when you look deeper into the law, Ben, I don't know if I share this with you or not. Check this out. So anybody can pull this up right on the FCC.gov website. Can you see this? Okay, I'll even blow this up yeah. even more. Here's the key key thing, though. This is why when people ask me, "Well, Brandon, what should I do? Should, you know, how do you feel about this?" Well, here's I'm not suggesting that you do or you don't do anything. I'm just sharing with you a part of the actual law itself. Here, here here's what it says. It says, in order to be eligible for this, right, to file a complaint, a person who has received more than one telephone call within a 12-month period on half of the, the same entity. And that is what's happening to Keller Williams. So my, my take on that, Ben, when I look at the actual law, the filing of, of the TCPA, it's one or it's more than one. It's very clear. It's more than one. And so my position, right or wrong, good or bad, I'm not suggesting someone does or does not do, is I have, over my 17-year career, stayed out of trouble because if I you know, get somebody on the phone that is on a do not call list and asks me not to call them again, I adhere to that. Mm. And I've never had an issue because... You know, I'm respectful of the person. I don't call them again. And, oh, by the way, the law is very clear. It's more than one. Right. What What are your thoughts on that specifically? Well, I, I think, too, like we look at the, the federal do not call list was enabled after the original 1991 in 2003. And it, it specifically goes into exactly what you're saying, just to keep people from pestering them or from um, using a existing relationship to over over here, just the do not call list and be able to call. So yeah, like if somebody wants to opt out, give them the opportunity to opt out and, and leave them alone, right? That's all we're trying to do in the first place is help people. That's so if right. somebody doesn't want our help, let's move on. Yeah, that's a great point. And the other thing is, so... The article went on to say that not only is it, you know, received two or more calls or text messages, but but 
also receive those with an auto dialer, right? And so the other thing that I've been recommending with, with people that we coach, that we work with, that we serve, is that when you are attempting to help somebody whose home has expired and come off the market, that you hand dial this person. This isn't a foolproof thing. I'm not giving legal advice. I'm not trying to get around the law. I'm not trying to do any of that whatsoever. However, I do believe that you know uh, there is potential more protection from my understanding. Again, I'm not an attorney. That if you call them direct without using the auto dialer, that there's also some built-in protection perhaps right? Yeah. Let me make another note on that topic too. I think the reason that they comment on the auto dialer is because there's like dead air, right? There's some time when somebody's like, hello, hello. If you use an, a quote unquote auto dialer, just use a single line dialer because that That's is exactly allowed. right. And then you won't experience that consumer won't experience it. And they, frankly, they won't even not that we're trying to trick them, but it stays within the regulation so they won't know it's an auto dialer. The frustration is they answer the phone, there's nobody there, then it's hello, hello, hello. That's the frustration with the auto dialer. And then if you don't answer on an auto dialer, it drops a voicemail that's pre-recorded. Like, hey, sorry, I can't talk right now, I'll call you back. It's like, you called me, why are you giving me this pre-recording? That's the frustration, so let's use hand dial or single dial um, to reach those people so that we can actually talk to them right away. Yeah, Ben, you, you nailed it. And, you know, keeping, keeping this, you know, company uh, agnostic is, you know, there are some companies that have made a business decision to say, we don't offer a multiple line dialer because right. of TCPA compliance. That's right. So, some that do have the multiple line dialers, I mean, they have their own legal battles that they're fighting right now because of that. And then the third thing, what, what Ben said is exactly right. It's the, it's the, it's the multiple calls. And then that, that delay, that's number one, then two is that pre-recorded message. And then three, the other piece that I think causes a lot of frustration and legal issues is the, um, the, the, the ringless voicemail drops. Yes. Right. So that's the other thing. So, the the law is people use those right i think it's because they're scared of rejection or they know that they're getting a the the consumer's getting a bunch of calls and they just want to get a message across and and that can be frustrating for the consumer yeah and that's what the law is trying to protect against you know it's right. the so again i don't so when i look at this i'm i'm so what is your and there's no right or wrong what is your opinion of well, I guess, yeah, I was going to ask you, what's your opinion of, of KW just settling, not not continuing to fight this, just saying, you know, we'll just settle this, here's 40 mil. Um, well, what's your you personal opinion this, of that? Like, I, look, I think, hey, why did KW get picked on in the first place? Why wasn't it another big shop? Why KW? And I think it's just they, they poked the wrong person, and I think they just don't want to – they're settling because they don't want to make this a bigger deal than it really is, my opinion. Yeah, and I think, you know, my opinion on on that is the the law where, where KW doesn't have the reason why I think they settled is because of this whole um and I'll share this again is the whole one or more call uh telephone calls 
in a 12-month period on behalf of the same entity. So that's where I think they just got crushed because it's not the yeah. same person. It's the right. entity where where I think KW is like, well, I mean, we have thousands of our agents calling these expired listings every single day. So the argument could be, you know, if it's if it's Ben or if it's Brandon, right? And you right. and you called somebody one time, you apologize, hey, I'll take you off my list, that's it. You never call them again. Again, this is not legal advice. It's just been my experience that a real estate salesperson probably has little to worry about if that's what they are doing. Sure. I think that the consumer's per per perception is when you're getting all these calls and it's like, this is so-and-so with Keller Williams every two seconds, they're that's assuming right. that's the same person, which drives the person absolutely bonkers. Sure. So another big story that just hit, and it is Mr. Ryan Serhant in the news again. And so there's a couple things here to, to unpack. So there's actually two stories I want to talk about. The first one is, well, let me let me kind of go through the story, and then we'll kind of unpack this. So... This has to do with Ryan Serhant and another CEO of a big luxury real estate brokerage firm kind of butting heads, you know, twice in a very short amount of time. This story specifically, uh, a report says Ryan Serhant, who's known for making some bold moves, this time has overstepped his boundaries. The article mm -hmm. says that an unidentified salesperson of Serhant Ventures, which is the brokerage's educational branch, sent Brown Harris Stevens, who's the CEO of Best Friedman, a pitch last week for a tailor-made training program for the brokerage's agents, which would include a sales playbook, performance coaching, social media bootcamp, and, and mentorship from Ryan Serhant himself. So the CEO responds to that and says, hey, let me just make sure that I'm clear on what you guys are offering. So she kind of responds back to the salesperson. The salesperson kind of is being a little, I think, vague. And then the CEO's like, eh, I don't know. This doesn't feel right. Like, I don't know if they felt like it was a recruiting ploy, but she's like, no, nah, we're out. We're out. And so so that was that was the second thing that these people butted heads on. But it's interesting to see, you know, what were they up to something or were they not right and so if you if if you were approached from that perspective what are your thoughts on this well you know i i think cuz they have past history it might have been looked in a little bit more ryan uses a third party service to sell his coaching so it could have been a common like just outbound cold reach and and it reached the wrong person and then it was looked into and it assumed that Ryan was kind of jabbing at her and saying that she needed coaching or her team needed coaching. Um, because I think what this is, is it's old school versus new school. She's like, she focuses on brand and just being around forever in the industry. And Ryan is um, all about like marketing and kind of new age um, social media and pumping content out to help his agents build their own brand. So it could have been the third party reaching out and just getting the wrong person by mistake and this thing got blown up or it could have been more. I don't know. Well, yeah. And I think you hit it because the reason why I think this is even a story at all is because the week prior, 
these two were on stage at some real estate conference and they got into like this, this heated debate, right? And so uh, the real deal put out an article about this where Brown Harris Stevens, who again is CEO of, of Best Friedman, and Ryan were, were kind of bantering back and forth about what you just said, which is, so, so her position is that the traditional brokerage model is, is better for the agent. And Ryan's position is, well, the real estate brokerage's brand is irrelevant in today's marketplace. It's all about the agent's personal brand. Because consumers, and this is what he said in the article, consumers do business with people, not companies, right? Mm. So I want to talk to you about that because my opinion, this is where I do align with Ryan. I do align with him that the old traditional uh, real estate brokerage firms that are still hanging on to this, you know, the, the their their brand, right? The and I don't, it's not one per se, I'm just giving examples, but the the Coldwell Bankers, the um, whatever name you want to use, and their value proposition to the agent, to you and I is, hey, you're going to give us a healthy portion of your commission because this brand that is 150 years old will help you sell more real estate, to which I argue the exact opposite, that it doesn't it no longer makes sense to give up a lot of your commission to a brokerage because of their name, because you're the one securing the business and consumers are doing business with people, not with companies. Which side do you land on there? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's twofold, right? So you've got people just, agents getting in assume that they need this big brand right? And they think it's going to solve all their problems. But in reality, it, it's it's you, the agent, that has to do the work, right? And if you want to, and, and it gives you confidence to leverage this big brand when you're new, then great, right? Use that if you need it as just kind of a pick-me-up to get going. But I'm with you. I, I think it's all about the agent, especially in this day and world, this day and age, when you have social media, when you can truly put yourself out there with free content, free ways to build, you know, your opinions and what you're doing, um, where before the the broker would put that through billboards and commercials and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I just think if it gives you a little bit of confidence at first, do it. But do you need it? No. Yeah, I think it's a it's a perception. Correct. It's a it, it's a perception that, to your point, once maybe had an impact on on the consumer. It certainly still has relevancy to the real estate agent because you're right. The, the agent says, I, "I don't know. I just feel better if I'm with a Remax or a Keller Williams or a Century Twenty One." But here's the here's the thing: is if an agent is going to go meet with a potential seller at a listing appointment. And this agent knows the market, has confidence, has experience, knows what they're doing, can convey that and compel sellers to say, wow, this person really knows what they're doing. They can do all of that and the seller not know what company they are with. And their conversion, in my opinion, doesn't change. Because here's the thing, the exact opposite is true. 
if an agent goes into a listing presentation with, I don't know, I'll just call it Coldwell Banker badge, right? One of the oldest brands in in the uh, in in our industry, which the that company would suggest that that brand has power, and they go in and they communicate like absolute doggy doo doo, right? No confidence, don't know what they're talking about, don't know the market stats. I just don't believe that the badge has that much power where the consumer says, "Well, you're with a you're with a big brand. We know you don't know your head from a hole in the ground, but." You know, we'll go ahead and list it with you. I just don't believe in that. I think that the consumer says, I'm going to hire Bob. And many times I prove this. I have, for the longest time, to be fair, you're right in what you said in that I just felt a sense of comfort as an agent working at a big brand. And I was nervous when we started our independent agency. I was nervous that, you know, well, it's time to put... Time to put, you know, this to the test. And if anything, it helped us secure more business because we worked on providing more value. Never, not once to this day, not even one time, because everything has an anomaly, but not in this case, not once have I ever had a client not do business with me because I was with a independent company and not a big name. Not one time has it ever happened. So much so, it's rare that people even ask me what company I'm with. Mm. What's been your experience with that, with serving the consumer? Well, I think that when a consumer points to that and says, oh, hey, Ben, we decided to go with XYZ, you know, Bob with Remax instead of you, um, oftentimes, I would say 100 out of 100, it's because that person did a better job of delivering perceived value to the consumer and they happen to be at that brokerage. And that's just in the consumer's head, what they hung their hat on um, is that brand. And that's why Joe Bob knew what he was talking about is because he's with Remax. However, if you, it's, we're all independent contractors. So there's gonna be great agents at perceiving value or delivering value to people at big shops and there's gonna be bad ones, right? So. I think the consumer often will tell you that's the reason, but it's not. It's because you didn't deliver a, a, a value proposition that was compelling enough. So you think that the consumers are, so let me just make sure I heard that right. Are you suggesting that the consumer, there's no right or wrong, I'm just, this is good, good conversation, yeah. that the consumer hangs their hat on the person or the company that made them decide? I think that they absolutely hang it on the person, but when when the consumer tells the other agent why they went with the other person, they say, I went with so-and-so with Remax. The the losing agent says, oh, he chose him because of Remax. Yes, okay, that's what I thought you said, because I think when you said it, you said it backwards. differently. Yeah, yeah, backwards. So that's what I thought you were saying, because I agree 100%. The agent, the losing agent says, oh, you know, I lost a Remax. No, no, you didn't lose Correct. a Remax. You lost to Bob, who's a better agent, who has more confidence, who's a better salesperson, Correct. who gave more confidence to the seller that just happened to be at Remax. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so my position now is I am under the belief that these traditional brokerages need to need to change. And it's hard for 
and I'd love to debate this with anybody who sees this differently, but I'll, I'll walk people through quickly the the evolution of real estate brokerage. You know, it's started off with the traditional brands and Ben, you and I would go work at these, these brands. And to your point, that brokerage would bring us in all of our opportunities. So it mm -hmm. made sense that we would split our commission 50-50. The brokerage would give you an office. The brokerage would give you a phone. The brokerage would give you a, a secretary and an assistant. This is going back, we're talking, you know, 50, 60, 70 years. And then then what happened in like 19, in the 80s, this guy named Gary Keller came out and he created the cap model, which was, which was like revolutionary. It changed brokerages forever. And the agent's like, yeah, why am I giving up so much money to this traditional broker? Makes sense to cap it out. And, and Gary deserves a lot of credit. Because he was the first one who said, "This we need to build, brokerages need to be for the agent and mm -hmm. they need to build a personal brand. That's when that's when everything went, went kind of haywire. All these teams started popping up and agents for the first time ever started branding themselves, right? As the brand, you know, the so-and-so team, this, the, the realtor, that was all a Keller Williams thing. Cool. Then Remax comes out with a 100% concept. That changed everything. And so, yeah, am I under the belief that these traditional brokerage models that still are have a franchise fee that never goes away and still charging these commission splits that don't cap out, are they in trouble per se? I don't know if they're in trouble. I think they need to evolve. And I have met with some of the CEOs and I think some of them are finally starting to agree like, yeah, I mean, for an agent to come here that is an established, successful business person, they're going to give me 42% of their commission forever and pay me 400 grand if they're going to make a million in GCI? I don't think so. Yeah. What What's your belief on that? I mean, do you think well, that the place I for that for an agent to do that makes any sense? No, absolutely not. And And this goes into a whole nother debate and opinion so what I would say is what we've moved away from is, is what you described. And now what, where agents are going is, is the team because they are getting the leads. They are getting mm. the leverage um, to launch their business. So instead of what before was the brokerage, now is the team. Great and, point. And it makes sense to give up 50% to be on that team to launch and get the leads and the leverage and all those things to learn the business. Great point. Great point. Cause I think I missed that just a minute ago is that like, there's actually two sides of it. Yeah. There's one side of the agent who is self-sufficient that has their license at a brokerage because it's the law and you have to, yeah. but they don't really need anything from the brokerage. That agent, I, I just don't see the world where they're going to give up 20, 30, 40% of their commission any longer. I think those are yeah. gone. That's Agreed. one side. But the other side, to your point, is there is a case to be made for a 50-50 split where it actually makes a lot of sense for the agent because yeah. of how real estate started. And I and I say that all the time. It's like, if you come on my team and I set all your listing appointments for you and I do all the customer service, I do all the paperwork, I do all the transaction coordination, all you have to do, Ben, is go on the appointment, sir, uh, 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 onboard the client, right? Close the deal, so to speak, bring back a listing contract and we take care of the rest. Yeah. And as a result, your net taxable income at the end of the year is more than what you are making by yourself. 
and we're on a 50-50 split, that's hard to argue too. It is. And you know, the problem with real estate Ego. is people are on it. You nailed it. Exactly. And that's my opinion. I just had a conversation with an agent. He's independent at a big brokerage and was like, I got to I got to get another job. And I to support this because I really want to do this. And I said, hold on, let's think about this for a second. Why don't you just get a job in real estate? And mm. I said, just hear me out. I said, treat the team like a job in real estate where you get to sell. Okay. So join this team. Know that you're losing a little bit of freedom, your schedule. You, you gotta, you gotta adhere to listen to somebody. You have a boss. Okay. And just know the value exchange that you're getting. Your, your frustration is inconsistent income, inconsistent leads, right? Security for your family. So go learn the business, build the confidence for a period of time. And if you decide, hey, I'm comfortable here forever making $200,000, stick there, okay? But oftentimes, like you said, the ego gets in the way and they say, man, I just made 10 grand on this deal. I did all the work, right? And they're like, I'm gonna go do this on my own because I want the 10 grand because this business is so transparent, right? You join another business, med device or something like that. You don't know the top line and the bottom line and what percentage you're getting in commissions. You just see your, hey, I made 250, I'm comfortable with that. What's that's your incredible. That's incredible. Just so you know, that's gonna be cut up into its own reel. Just so you know, <laughs> all that. I mean, Ben, I've never heard that before in my entire career. I mean, that insight that you just, I just took that as a note, is probably some of the best advice I've ever heard in my life. Cool. And why no one's ever thought of that before outside of you, I'm not sure. But that is incredible. Is you're, you nailed it. Yeah. The, the solo agent who says, man, this is tough. I got to go get a job. Well, I mean, that's the no brainer of the century. Yeah. Get the so job inside this the agent. business you want to be in. That's right. And that's going on the team. And I'll tell you what, I, not only do I agree, but I think most of those people probably end up being more being happier on the team and probably don't have, and, and end up leaving the team because it's like, holy crap, I'm making more money. I have less headaches. I have more balance with my family. I'm working less. Um, I don't have to do all this stuff I don't like to do. I can just do client servicing things, sales activities. I don't have to worry about any admin stuff. This is pretty good, you know? But to your point, that becomes the job because everybody's running away from that structure, that accountability, having the boss. Instead of going out of the industry to get the job, get the job in the industry, which is you're trying to be in full-time anyways. Yes. That is great insight. And if you want to, what I told this guy, if you want to take the leads, but also continue to build your own brand, build your own lead source. So at some point you can transition out, right? When you want to be a business owner, because that's what an independent agent is, is a business owner. Amazing. Great insights, Ben. I appreciate it. We'll see you guys tomorrow. All right.